go. What's up, guys? Thanks and welcome back to the show, the channel, the official Native King Queen show. And today we have a very special guest, Miss Brandy Alexander, the author of Genesis. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. So very welcome. I'm so excited to hear about this book, Genesis. This this thing is going to be out of control so far from what I've read. So, how do you prefer uh, to be referenced in conversation first? Let me. You by my name, uh, Brandy Alexander. Yes, ma'am. Uh, born and raised Brandy Alexander. I got married and I hyphenated it so that I wouldn't completely lose my maiden name because I'd already started a teaching career and everybody called me Miss A. So I had to keep the Alexander. And plus, I liked using my maiden name as my pen name because my father didn't have any boys. So it Aww. still carries on that name a little bit. So Aww, yeah. awesome. I like the story behind it. And I didn't even know that they were two last names, Brandy Alexander. That's really slick. I really like that. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of got lucky with my name. My mother didn't even realize it was a drink until she'd had me. <laughs> and then my aunt told her. So they toasted Brandy Alexander's to my birth. Uh, so, yeah, that was kind of cool. But I've always liked the name because it is a drink and it's kind of recognizable. So I always thought it was, you know, kind of got lucky with a good name. Oh gosh, that is awesome. You're absolutely right. Cause when um that's that's crazy because uh, my mom I remember ever since like I was little like she maybe get sick and she'll put like a little brandy in the tea or that's totally okay to do. Yes, yeah, it's supposed to keep you warm. They say. Yeah, that's right. That's what she said. Oh my gosh, Miss Brandy Alexander, and so author of the book Genesis, a paranormal yes. alliance, uh, destined to fight the powers of darkness. Yes. So what what is this book about? Okay, well, I, I'll get right at it, I guess. Uh, it is a fictional story, completely fictional. I had a lot of fun writing. It was probably some of the most enjoyable experience of my life. It was, um, I always thought it would be so difficult and it actually was very easy. Uh, it, it just sort of rolled out. I couldn't get enough time to work. I was like, I just wanted to eat at it. Um, it is a story about a man who can see the spirit world. He can see the, uh, uh, spirits. His brother actually saved him when they were younger, but in so doing, he lost his own life. So his brother actually remains as a ghost. When he woke up from a coma, he could still see his brother. So his brother stuck around. And as time has moved on, the book actually skips forward and we're modern day and he's a grown man and he runs a detective agency and he's got two more uh, other ghosts that live with him. So his brother and these other two ghosts are sort of his best friends, the comic relief of the story. They sort of keep it a little lighter uh, when it can you know, tend to get a little darker. Um, but he comes to figure out that there are some demons that seem to be escaping hell. And they have this ulterior, ulterior, I can't talk today, <laughs> ulterior plan to take down God. And he's got to figure out what's going on, how they're escaping, what they're after, how to stop them. Uh, it's a very epic save the world kind of, you know, book. Um, it is difficult, though, to write about angels and demons and spirits without your own faith seeping in. And so as I wrote this, it definitely follows a, a Christian storyline, you know, the idea of the angels and how they work amongst us and how God always has a plan, whether we can see it or not, there's always something, uh, you know, the reason that things happen to us, or there's a there's a meaning behind it. And sometimes we know it, sometimes we're aware of it, and sometimes we may not ever know, and sometimes we may find out much further down the line. And so there's a lot of 
I guess, uh, I don't want to call it hidden meaning, but there is a, a sort of inspirational tale of faith about how you have to hold on to your faith, whether you are a Christian, you believe in God, or whether you are a Buddhist or a Muslim or atheist, you know, you have to have faith in somebody, you have to have faith in some higher power or in even yourself or your friends. And so uh, this is, you know, a story about a man who's coming to find who God is, and how powerful he is and how powerful prayer can be. And, you know, as he begins to search and find these things, it's a race against the clock to stop these demons and to figure out what's going on. And I don't know, the whole book is just, it's very exciting. The closer you get to the end, the faster the pace picks up. And it's definitely not a story that you ever read before. You won't pick it up and know what's going to happen on page one. You're going to want to keep going because it continuously takes another turn. And, and, you know, there's a lot of surprises, almost literally to the last page of the book, there's some sort of surprise going on. So yeah, I wanted it to be that sort of story. That is amazing. And I like how you said, it's not gonna be like something you ever heard before, because I do have to say that while you were explaining it, I thought like, at first, I thought like, so this kind of, is, it reminds me of like Supernatural without the brother being alive. The brother's like passed away, you know what I mean? And there's like those, um, but you kind of can't escape that, you know, this is, I think it sounds great. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to actually save that question for later. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to read it. Um, because that's, this is the time we're living in where, you know, people's attention spans are very, very short. So it's like, boom, 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 boom. So that is like a great formula for it. So what would you say? All right. So just going back to what I said, like it, it was giving me supernatural vibes. So what would you say to people who, um, you know, maybe would read the back or if, you know, you know, would say, well, this is giving me supernatural from what she said so far. What can you say to kind of sway them to like, hey, still read my book because it's not supernatural. Right. Uh, I can see where people, you know, when you read something or you describe something, you always want to link it to another reference so people can get an idea. And um, I am a huge fan of the paranormal. I've been reading paranormal stories since I was very, very young. As a matter of fact, I think the books that have the most inspiration behind this story is um, an author named Frank Peretti. He wrote a series of books, uh, it was two, book, two books actually, This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness. And uh, they were about uh, angels and demons. They didn't, they lacked the spiritual side that there's this you know the angel the ghost sorry but um it was one of the first books that i read where it didn't follow a linear storyline where you would be introduced to different things happening and you really wouldn't know what was going on and then all of a sudden it would skip back somewhere else and then skip back again and you know it kind of had these little mysterious moments until at the end it all merged together and you realized the aha moment of what it all meant and um it was so exciting i walked around school i think with that thing in my nose in the hallway <laughs> i wanted to see what happened next and then I believe that was probably the catalyst for why, when I wanted to write. Uh, I wanted to write something that was that exciting, that was that uh, enthralling, that somebody couldn't put it down. Yes. And um, although my book has a completely different story, I do believe that that was the inspiration behind this type of book. Um, it wasn't until uh, I lost my father in 01 to cancer, and then I had my son in 02. And so after he had been born, uh, you know, a lot of kids will talk to themselves and he was, you know, for kind of young for the invisible friend thing. He was still around one to two years old, uh, but we would catch him having conversations just to the air, but it wouldn't just be talking. He would like look up and listen and then nod his head and, you know, and answer, you know, show something in the air and then, you know, and it was kind of surreal, but what really made it stick and what 
I think truly was the catalyst for the story was the day that my mother was showing him photographs on the wall and she showed him a picture of my father and she called him Papa and he stopped her and corrected her and told her, no, 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 that's Pop Pop. And uh, she asked him yeah. why he says this and he says, cause he told me that's his name. Yeah. yeah. And you know, that was very surreal, but it was also very, it was so amazing because it truly made me feel like my dad who had missed his first grandson was there. He was speaking to him and talking to him. And, um, and then I began to wonder what that would be like to still communicate. And that began me laying there at night thinking about it. And that's usually when I do my most uh, book work is in my head at night. I'll lay there and tell the story in my brain. And if it's worth it, the next morning I'll remember and, work on it and one night I woke my husband up and I was like I've got an idea I've got an idea for a book so I actually got up and wrote it down so I wouldn't forget and the next day I was just all about it and that was when I began writing it yes my god that is amazing I really this is so with the um the whole you having that experience with the with the paranormal you know that just kind of well it's not even like I hate that when they say like paranormal because doesn't that make it quite normal? It happened. It's a happening, you know, so that happens. And I believe that it's not just your child. I believe we all have that connection when we, when we first get here because we've just gotten here. Do you know what Our I'm saying? Our eyes are still new. They're still innocent. Yeah. And so it's, so it's like, this is the thing that's starting to bother me with the other, like with the whole um, suppression um, of the paranormal and the this whole thing with scary movies all the it's like um because like your real life experience it helped inspire you to yes. write this and bring it out but if you are to watch something and they tell you this is just entertainment then you're gonna put a, you know you'll put it down you know what I mean and then you go into other facets of life where those sorts of things are shamed don't talk right. about that or you're going to look like this. And you know what I mean? We have preconceived notions of what is normal to talk about. And if somebody believes in it, are they weird? Are they not weird? You know, how over the top are they about it? You know, and we begin to prejudge, I think, a lot of times based on our own experiences, our own beliefs. We judge other people's for their lack of or for being crazy because they believe in something. And um, a, a lot of it, I think, is with faith. I mean, I do believe that there are things in this world that are unexplained, you know, who's to yeah. say we're not alone in this universe. I think it's kind of selfish to think we are, but uh, without proof, we know it's all speculation. But when you have the faith in Christ, to me, it's not speculation. It's like once you feel him, once you know yeah. him, once you sense him, you begin to wonder how can anyone else not feel him and yeah. sense him? How can there be doubts when he is this tangible, but it takes exactly. faith to feel that. Exactly. And so, so, and that, so that's what I, and that's a part of what I'm saying as well, because when they, so when you, so all that, so see, I'm so glad that you held on to like, it's your relationship first with faith, with, like with, with God, yes. with yes. Jesus Christ, that, yes. that, that, that allows you to be creative in the first place and allows you to look at things and pay attention to your, you know, to this, your child when he's saying these things, you know? And so I, I just, so when we start there, it's like, so then if we, if we suppress everything, then you never don't, then you don't even come out with your book to share, you know? And so I just feel like all of us are creative and talented. Yes. 
what happens is it's like you say we don't have faith or anything to hold on to sometimes we need something else greater than ourselves to say that we're worth it First. we should faith in our own abilities, our own beliefs, our own challenges. I mean, I teach school. I teach uh, junior high now. I've done all levels awesome. and I teach art and I teach theater. So oh, my world is just about creativity. I, you know, I do a mentoring after school program with creative writing kids. And uh, it's, I live in a world of an imagination and I feel almost sorry. Today's world is, there are so few kids that really know how to use their imagination. They come into my class and you know, here they are coming into sixth grade and they're fresh out of elementary school and intermediate school. And some of them don't know how to pretend. They don't know how to play pretend or imagination because they've spent their entire lives on a telephone or playing video games, being entertained, but not actually doing it themselves. And I'm trying to oftentimes break into that. And some of these kids, it's their first time to be allowed to get up in front of another person and act silly and act like a monkey or act like a goose or, you know, whatever, and not be judged by that. And um, when you comes to writing, you have to live in a world of imagination, yes. um, you know, especially for you in fiction, obviously. Uh, and I've read a lot of books. I was obsessive. I probably read about two to 300 pages a day for 20 years of my life. And I found that I gravitated towards the paranormal and supernatural stories. And I actually, when the uh, vampire craze became huge, I was like, no, 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 don't judge me. I already was into these before they were popular. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. And I don't mean to cut you off, but did you ever read um, Christopher Pike's uh, interview with the vampire, that series? You were Anne Rice? Well, not, not interview with the vampire, Christopher Pike, um, the last vampire. Okay, no, I don't believe I have, not that one. Yeah, that's I've read really, so many. And that's and that's that's a really, really like old one. That was like I read that like um probably in the night like in the nineties. I probably I shouldn't have been reading that book. I should have been like reading it was like, you know, they were it's an adult. But I have to give you have you send that to me on an email so I can look yeah, that up. Um, yeah, I am. It's um so it's like it's uh at that time it was it was okay for like a teenage novel to you know, if you're a teenager to read it. But I think uh -huh. I was like in elementary school. I was like I was like nine. But it was, it was like, so it was before Eon Flux. Uh-huh. Um, uh, this other, uh, there's a movie with a lady, uh, she's a vampire, not vampire in Brooklyn, but she's literally, literally a vampire in New York and she's like Italian. She runs into the Italians or whatever. That was a really okay. popular movie, but this book, this long, it's like, he, he, he like came up with this action vampire girl type of thing. It is completely unique. Yeah, it, this it, that's awesome. So I don't know. I think I've read a lot of books too. So I was wondering, like, if you read that book? I don't. And now there's a possibility. And I'm not remembering it, but that's yeah, it was awesome. rare. There was there's so many books out there. Yes, yes. But that was that was me. I just I wanted that creative world. I wanted. To, I live in a normal world. I don't want to yes. read about someone going through the loss of their you know loved one or that. I have enough of that real experience. Right. Give me a fantasy world. Let me go on an adventure or figure out a mystery or fall in love with a vampire, you know, whatever it might have been. Yeah, it, it gave you a chance to live outside of the world of the norm. And that's where I, I think I excel. I want that creative challenge. No matter what it is, whether it's coming up with a lesson or teaching someone how to do, you know, fake 
throat being slashed open with fake uh, makeup or you know, we do that in theater class or <laughs> whether, uh, you know, whatever it might be. I always want that daily challenge, even creating a meal in the kitchen that I want to try a new recipe from another country. Oh. You know, it's just that it's that creative challenge that I eat that up. Making life fun. Every, every exactly everything you do is a, an adventure. That's yes. Awesome. So I think you would say, that, so definitely the, the lesson here is to read books. We should really encourage the children really to read. And it, it starts young and it's free. Uh, that's a very, like, that's where we went to all the time because, you know, my mom didn't have a lot of money, but she, and I'm so grateful for her introducing me to the library. I lived at the library going up. <laughs> I still to this day the smell of books. If I walk into a bookstore or a library, I get excited. I get really, really excited just smelling that ink and that paper. And I know I probably sound nuts to some people, but that was a world of my tagline on my website is follow your imagination. It can take you anywhere. And there's so much truth to that. You are you so know? right. <laughs> We're here today. Yes. I hear today. Oh my gosh. So let me see what I got up next for you. That was so awesome. And I'm so glad that we're like talking about the reading. Yeah, when Harry Potter books started coming out, I was so grateful because oh, you know, I had been a teacher yeah. for a while. And there's always kids who like to read and kids who don't like to read. But when that series started, it just like kick-started a whole new generation into the how good books are and how you can get lost in a book and how amazing they are because kids that didn't want to read were like waiting in line at midnight to get that copy of the newest Harry Potter book. Right, that's you know? true. And now I see this huge surge in students that just cannot get enough of a good book and it's so much different now than it used to be and I love that. It's, it's amazing. Well, that's good. I hope that inspires uh, more writers, uh, you know, more teen novels uh, to be created. So they know there's the audience out there. Well, that's really actually great to know that that yeah. there are kids that do want that. That's great to know from you. Let me see here. What inspired to, okay. What inspired it to be written? So we do know that. And so character development. Did we answer yeah. that? No, I haven't really talked about my characters yet. I do love to talk about them. It's almost like in my mind, they're real and they're living in this whole other world and I just get to go visit them when I want. Oh. Um, the main character is Clayton and his brother was Wayne, his older brother. Of course, his brother is a ghost that stays with him. Um, Wayne was named after my father and Michael Wayne. Um, my, own, my mom's side of the family called him Michael. His own parents called him Wayne. So, um, but mm -hmm. after he passed, I was always that, that feeling of, you know, you want your loved ones watching over you and with you. And so I sort of named him after him because in a way he is uh, his protector. You know, he stuck around after he had died so he could be there for his brother. And um, so he inspired this character. And, and Wayne is always that trustworthy, gonna be, you know, be there for him kind of guy. Mm -hmm. uh, the other two ghosts there in this story are just so much fun to ride. My favorite is Tex. He's an old cowboy uh, from Texas. Uh, they don't know how old he is really, but they know he's been around probably since the um, when Texas became a state. And he's the most fun. He's kind of like that never ending child that gets more enjoyment out of being uh, non-corporeal than anybody else. You know, like there's a scene where uh, they're waiting on somebody and he sees a Harley and he jumps on and pretends he's riding a 
a horse and he's wide up and you know and the main characters are standing or the other characters are standing over to the side just kind of hiding their faces like I <laughs> I'm so glad nobody can see him because you know he's just insufferable um yeah. he likes to ride on the wing of the plane and stick his face in and go boo him and start laughing oh this is great oh wow yeah. this is great so I have so much fun with his character. And uh, the other character is, um, they call him Buzz. His name is actually uh, Hunter, uh, uh, Gage Hunter, but his nickname is Buzz. And he was a uh, Navy SEAL and a CIA agent who had been killed in the line of duty. And he had met him up and I actually do some back uh, scenes where you go back in time and you see how he meets to the characters. Um, and I think a lot of that really helps to build these characters as very three-dimensional. Uh, there's, mm -hmm. they're very real. I actually steal a lot of their one-line quippets and the stories they tell about their lives from my own life or from the lives of my friends. Uh, there's a lot of things that they do or say that really do come from my own personal experiences. So it gives them uh, a real sense of hum humanity. And uh, everyone who reads the books tells me they fall in love with those characters as much as I do. They're like, they're like my best, best friends. I wanna go visit them and talk to them and hang out with them. Yeah, they want and, a part uh, two, they want another one. This has gotta be a series. It is, it is. Actually, I've already completed the sequel. It's in the editing phase now. And I am beginning on the outline for the third book. So I've got my summertime coming in a week and I'll probably get the third book. Uh, I'd better get past the outline first and then get started on it. So I'll see how much I can get finished over the summertime. And then, and then push to a movie because uh, that whole him peeking in the plane thing, I saw that in my head. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's crazy. Yeah, he's great. And I've got, what's funny is I've got like actors in my mind that would make <laughs> good characters for these right, people. Right, 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 right. Everyone I talk to tells me after they read it that it should be a TV series or a movie, that yeah. the way I write is very visual. And in the past, I've read so many books where there's a fight scene and you lose track of the characters and what's happening because there's just so much activity. Yeah. And uh, so I approached this as if I was a camera and I sort of would come down, like there's a big fight scene in there. And as I approached it, you see one thing happening, but then the camera would sort of swing around the room. And as one guy hits, mm. hits a guy who flies across the room, you see him pass another character and then you see what that character is doing. <laughs> so you can kind of keep up with each thing, uh, but it did make it very visual where you can really imagine what's happening to them. Um, a lot of, yeah, I don't know. I just, I have so much fun when I write. I do. I imagine yeah. this happening in my head. And I'm just drawing a picture with words of what I see in my head. Yes. You're, she's a writer, a director, producer, girl, everything. Yes. That's it. All in one. I cannot wait for this. And you're really giving me a lot of like, uh, Quentin Tarantino with how you're coming, how you come at it with how it works for you and your brain to work. And I, I mean, that's really I mean, like I have, like I said, that it would be him. It would be the only thing that I, could, uh, only person I could think of that kind of does that sort of a thing. You actually kind of nailed that. There's, <laughs> I have a big movie buff, big TV buff, big reader, and so I think <laughs> I take inspiration from yeah. everything. And I am, I've even got a notepad where when I'm watching TV, I'll stop and write down like the formula. Oh if I see something that's unique or different or how they approach something differently, I'll write it down. And I just, I do, I take inspiration my entire life. I mean, from the time I was a kid all the way through, you know, in high school and college, all the Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Charmed was popular. Oh and 
Yes. Do you remember and the of movie course, Buffy? Like, the movie yes, Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Yes, I love both. Yes. This and my favorite, scene, my favorite scene in the original movie is where I, all of a sudden his real name is escaping my head, Pee Wee Herman. Um, oh, wait, oh, oh, wait a minute. Oh, no, it was like Tholos. Tholos. Um, his real like, name. But, it, but his death scene. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, uh, and he like dies, yes. and, dies yes. and dies some more. Yes, I love Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh my gosh. So this jacket is actually inspired. She had this I, jacket in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was looking at your jacket earlier because I went in the closet that's similar and I was like, that is kind of like my yeah. jacket. Like a stone, she had the stone wash <laughs> jacket. She had the polka dot shirt underneath. Remember, it was like polka dot skirt. Yes, I never forgot that. I love Buffy. So like I'm one of those yes. people too. Well, like I pull from like as far as inspiration, little things like from my life, little things like that. But like, yeah, oh my god. Yes. And I was angry when they did the Buffy Vampire Slayer series, though. The girl, you know, like she wasn't there. The original actress wasn't there, and I was like, Ugh. I, I never yeah. did catch on. Well, to Well, in the original, in the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, the original uh, had been killed, and so she had taken over. She, what? she was that the new happened? one. Yeah, in the series, uh, you know how whenever one Slayer dies, they're yeah, the, that's right. Oh, that's why so I was pissed off then. That's probably why they watched. Yeah, it wasn't her. It was the day, but she actually mentions the original girl. Oh, she, she goes died. back to L.A. and uh, where the original one took place at, and they just they talk about the movie. Oh. They they do discuss the movie in it. Oh, okay, because I thought they just like did away with the movie and just put this. Like, no, she was just the next slayer in line, and but she does discuss the original movie somewhere. I think in mid of the first season. Well, it might be fun. Maybe I'll binge watch that. It was a fun series. It really was, and uh, I think whenever that series went off there, it was one of the first times in my life I was just really genuinely upset that a show was ending because oh. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, that's and how. Of I course, it's hard. Pardon? I'm sorry. That's how I felt about Supernatural. See, yeah, I was a Supernatural fan, and there's a lot of little influences from Supernatural. As a matter of fact, a little teaser for the second book, the sequel, there is a scene where they are trying to come up with an idea on how to get the bad guy. And they're sort of planning everything as they do. And uh, one of them mentions the Supernatural series. <laughs> and says, well, you know, in Supernatural, this uh -huh. and they steal that idea. And one of the main characters makes the joke, well, if we buy the series, do you think we can uh, use it as a tax write-off? Because we're using it for our investigative work. You know, they're making <laughs> about it. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely love the series. And so I reference all these shows and TV series and they're always making comments about it. And Tex, the old cowboy, he's a big supernatural buff and a big, uh, yeah, all the fans of Buffy. So he's always using like little one-liners from the shows and I have so much fun with them. Give me one second. They're trying to say that, um, say we're running out of time, but it's fine. If, cause it's, I think we're gonna, uh, it's 40 minute limit, so that's fine. But we can just start a new one. Okay, well, I'm fine, whatever you want to do. All right, perfect, because I don't think it should just end in 10 minutes. That just seems like it's a little like, I'm not like done. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So then, um, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but that thing okay. came up and I don't know if that's, I'm gonna have to edit that out. That's okay, no big deal. How, how are the readers responding? Well, you already told me that they want to make a movie out of it. So what do the reviews look like then? I have had tremendous reviews, absolutely. I have gotten the best 
feedback. Everyone who reads it just raves about it. And uh, you know, I've had people who I know, people I don't know contacting me to tell me that they can't wait for the next one to come out or uh, to ask me questions about it. It really makes my day. That's one of my favorite things is to get a review or to get somebody who's emailed me or contacted me and wants to talk about it. Uh, it gets really, really exciting. Uh, so yeah, anybody out there who reads it, I would love to hear back from you. Please, please do go back and leave a review uh, wherever you purchased it from. Amazon's great. You know, the more I can get on Amazon, the better. But uh, and they throw it on sale on Amazon a lot. Uh, they, the price will drop often on there about once a week or so. Okay. Uh, they'll put it on. But uh, it can be found everywhere at uh, Barnes and Noble, at Walmart.com, Goodreads, uh, iTunes. You know, it's um, both ebook wherever you purchase your ebooks, or you can get it in paperback or hardback. Awesome. And when I have that website up, should be coming up about now. And then, so I have a question. Okay. I have another channel, Consumer Life, and we do like audiobook reads over there. Um, right now, I'm reading uh, The Boy Who Knew Too Much. Oh my gosh, that's that is actually. So, oh, so have you heard of that book first? That name, that name sounds familiar. I've not read it, but when you and, um, said it, it immediately yeah. uh, jogged a memory. The story of um, Christian Hart. This is a real, it's a real boy in real life. He's actually a um, little league baseball player now, I believe. Um, but he, his mom, and he believes that he's um, had the spirit of Lou, Lou Gehrig. Like he's the reincarnated Lou Gehrig, the baseball Oh, wow. Yes. And I've actually spoken to the author, his mom, Kathy Bird. Oh my gosh, shout out to her. Kathy's awesome. And um, and so the book is about her journey uh, with Christian, you know, playing baseball, so very young, being tremendously good at baseball, being obsessed with this game from the time he wakes up to the time he goes to bed. And then he's, he's like, um, you know, your son talking, like, because it's not that somebody's talking to him, though. It's that this is his recollection. This was his life. This is right. So he's like, remembering everything. Yes. And then so, I mean, it's even situation. So when she takes him to like the Dodger Stadium and he walked past a picture of Babe Ruth, he flipped out. He like had a temper tantrum. And then she's like, what is wrong with you? Something's wrong with you. She said, he was mean to me. That man was mean to me. You know what I mean? Because, you know, they had like a thing. That's really cool. I mean, it, I am reading it now. Um, so I'm reading that live now. And, and, and actually, it's getting, I decided to um, to incorporate it as a Beagle live to read to the um, audience. And I mean, that's going really, really well. Um, but I just want to say there's, there's a part in there where they're riding on a plane. And so he's, he's on this plane. And this is a true story that she's written. And um, they are, so there's other baseball players there because, um, I mean, so he, he, oh gosh, so he's got a little thing on YouTube, you know, so then he gets picked up and they, he gets to throw the ceremonial first pitch. So he's on a plane with these players and then he does not in his seatbelt, you know, and so his mom goes to put in a seatbelt and she, and, uh, and, and, uh, he was like, she, he was like, well, I don't want to wear a seatbelt. And she said, well, you're going to wear, she, she said, you know what? When I was big like daddy, I used to drink alcohol and I never wore a seatbelt. <laughs> That's funny. He said, he said when I was tall like daddy, when I was tall, tall like daddy. daddy, oh my gosh. And I fell, I just fell in love with this kid and I love reading this. So anyway, I was going to ask. Yes, interesting. Very interesting. Yes. Because, you know, children say things not because they planned it out or because they're trying to, you know, yes. persuade you to, to think something. They just say they're, they're honest. It's what comes out their mouths, honestly. Yes. And this, and so, but, uh, so, I mean, it, it, the, the story really goes deeply into like, even just 
him just proving it's not even him trying to prove it it's it's just everything he says there's things that he couldn't have known about right. the workings of the Lou Gehrig family and by her uh see she also worked for the Magic Johnson Foundation so she oh, wow. yeah so it just so happens you know like you said things are meant to be and you can't set these things up this is God so yeah. he was he was already in the place to be to you know it I don't I don't know, but she's very integrative. It's not like she used any, uh, you know, so I don't know. It's, I love, so anyway, I'm saying, I'm asking you, and it's okay if you say no, then I'll, I'll edit that out. Um, is it okay to read this book over on Consumer Life? Is that okay? Uh, you know, I would probably, the, the whole book, what sections of it, or okay. it's, I, I'm not sure what, uh, what exactly, but um, I would probably be okay with somebody reading at least parts of it, getting people okay. excited about it, you know. Okay, okay. It great uh yeah because there's a lot of parts in this book that what's funny is i can pick okay i've got it right here okay um, awesome. i can pick it up and like before you came on i was just waiting so i just randomly opened it and all of a sudden i found myself absorbed into the story and i'm just like so what happens next and then i wrote the book and i've read it 50 times but <laughs> i still can't put it down when i pick it up so uh yeah i think so that, that would be a story. great idea well that's awesome that'll be even better than reading the whole book to tell you the truth because i'm like running three channels over here so <laughs> yeah cool. so if that you, would be good if you just like send me the email for like what chapter or chapters you just want me to touch on just to get the because the Beagle live is like international and uh, mm -hmm. it's been really cool i just did it the one um last sunday as far as reading the book on the Beagle Live, I've been reading um, this book for like a minute now. Um, but in any event, and I have a website. So after that live, I got like all kinds of traffic to the website. That is really cool. See, I'm excited about finding my audience, you know. Um, I've had some traction, a little, you know, here, a little there. But I keep thinking that eventually somebody somewhere, someplace is going, the right person's going to yeah. come along and hear this and read this. And then it'll just start, you know, and more yeah. people will buy it. And so, yeah, I would you love that. You have to push it out. You do have to market it. You, you have to do that. So things like this is absolutely going to help. Because, like, this, this channel is new. But again, you know, like, look at all these connections people make. You know what I'm saying? Like, you never know who's listening to anything. Exactly. Because this is also a podcast. I started this podcast on Anchor FM. And um, you only need, like, 50 listeners to be modified. And I think I got, so now I'm at, like, 40. And I started, I made it an actual podcast maybe a month ago. And that's, that's so not, cool. Yeah, that's really, really cool. Because that's not, you know, like, an easy thing to do. So you have something that people want to read or listen to. Yeah, you, you do want to market that, you know, because you can't leave it up to people to find. You got to make sure they can, you got to plan it everywhere. There is so much marketing right now anyway with, you know, all of our social media the, along with the regular media. Yes. You, know, you just get lost in the shuffle. So you have to stand out. You have to keep pushing. You have to keep saying it over and over and over until finally somebody hears it. Absolutely. So, yes. Because then what happens with us, too, today is um, what I'm actually going to go ahead and do is this is going to become an Instagram post as well with your book and link. And, uh, yep, and I just started that Instagram. And I like it's getting organic followers, people who like to read, people who like to discuss. So it's like you said, you want to find your audience. That's important. Because, yeah. you know, some people, you don't want the trolls. You don't want the people that want to make it all political. You know what I mean? Mm 
Mm-hmm. And one of the things I love about Genesis too is that it really does cross genres. It crosses uh, whether you're a, a boy or a girl, whether you are a teenager or whether you're in your 80s, um, whether you're religious or whether you just want a good fictional story. Um, I mean, it's got a little touch of love in there. It's a very sweet little moment, um, but it's got... Um, you know, your mystery, your adventure, your epic, you know, save the world kind of moment, but it's also got inspiration and it's got those quiet moments where you begin to reflect and see yourself in these characters and you connect to their story and to what they're going through. And uh, I don't know, I just, I feel like there's so much potential for anybody to find enjoyment in this story. It's not pigeonholed to a teenage girl. You know, this is something that I believe no matter who you are, um, you know, most of the characters in this book at the moment are male characters. And there is a female character who comes along about midway through the book. And at first she's very subtle and you don't know who she is and you don't know why she's there. And, but you know, she has something happen. PG rating. You're good now. You're good. You're okay. good. Uh, the only thing in my book I believe that would be over a PG rating would be because there are some cuss words. And I put those in there for a reason. Uh, number one, uh, when the story begins, the main character does not know God yet. He's never experienced God per se. So he's a normal man. He's going to live a normal life. And, you know, you see a demon for the first time. Your reaction is, oh, my goodness. You know, you're going to let out some cuss words. And so uh, in my book, I let him be a human being. I let him be normal. And and then, you know, after he comes to know Christ, he uh, and, and it's sort of a subconscious thing. He never mentions it, but he stops cussing. And I wanted that to mm-hmm. show just sort of, you know, we want to make God proud. We are human. We make mistakes. We will say and we will do things that aren't to his liking, but we want to make God proud, I think. And so uh, I wanted to sort of show just on a subconscious level in the book how he changes once he comes to know Christ and you know, the power that he has with him. Um, anyway, I just, I, I kind of wanted to put that out there because I don't want anyone to think that they're buying a, what I'm gonna call a Christian book that's, you know, presented as this perfect story with no cuss words and nothing. You know, it's human, it's real. Um, now I don't litter it with cuss words, but I do believe that in a normal average speech each day, you know, we include certain words and I wanted people to be able to identify with him to, to feel like he is, uh, human that he's just like us and uh, so then you know I want to put that out there but other than that when they talk to each other when they carry on conversations I wanted it to sound like we really speak to each other we don't talk in full sentences we don't always include a pronoun and a uh, uh, object of the preposition at the end of our sentence <laughs> we don't no, you're so, right. uh, yeah so I want to you know the that to stand out too there's a difference between their speech and just storytelling absolutely i want to get some um my questions and so again what so what is that what you do you have a website for this i know it's on amazon the barnes and nobles what about a website yes i do you can find me at brandyalexanderbooks.com Uh, You can meet me there. You can write to me there. That would be great. It has all the links on that website as well. And if you just want to email me, you can email me at brandyalexanderbooks at yahoo.com. Awesome. So good. I want to make sure I got that in there. And so what, what does the future hold for the Genesis series? Well, we know it's a, the series has started. And so I guess I'm going to keep on going. 
Yeah, I want it to go as long as I can. Um, these characters are so real to me and I don't want their my relationship with them to end yet. I want it to continue because the more I write, the more real they are, the more of a life I'm giving them. And I'm enjoying giving them a life, giving them an entire world. Um, sometimes I imagine I can go into that world and talk to them, you know, so I'm not ready to say goodbye. I want this to be as long to go as long as I possibly can. Um, I do introduce different and new types of paranormal people. Um, you know, I'm not going to go as far as like werewolves and vampires kind of thing. That's a different world. I believe. But um, in the sequel, I actually bring in the idea of uh, witchcraft, uh, both maybe uh, good guys and bad guys, you know, the yeah. people who tend to go darker and the people who tend to worship more of nature and God. Uh, but I do involve some new aspects because I want to keep it exciting and right. keep it fun. Um, and even in the third book, there's another one introduced, but I'm not saying what it is yet because that's going to give away too much. So, but uh, yes, uh, I, I don't know how long this will go, but I want this world to just be as big as I can give it, as much life as I can give it. I'm, and I'm glad and excited for it because we actually need it. This is really, I'm actually going to really need this for like having to lose uh, Supernatural like that. Yeah, it's disturbing when you're with something for so long and you love the show, yeah. and you love the characters and uh, and then all of a sudden it's gone. You feel like these people that you've known, you're like some of your best friends, suddenly they're just gone out of your life and you, you, know, you don't see them again. And yeah, that's it's it's hard. You feel like sometimes you get a little patch. Uh, matter of fact, we were just watching the TV series uh, Psych. I don't know if you ever watched Psych. It's a lot of fun. Uh, it's about a guy who pretends to be um, uh, psych a psychotic. That's the wrong word. <laughs> he pretends to <laughs> he pretends to be psychic, and uh, but he's actually just very uh, pays attention to everything. He sees all the details of everything, but he pretends that he's psychic so that he can work with the police. But anyway, um, that show ended a while <laughs> back, but they've made three movies since then. And they keep making these little movies every few years. It's like, it's just enough to be like, oh, my friends are back for for a couple hours. I get to see them, that little patch to right. tide me over. I wish all shows did that. I wish you got like every five years, you got another little movie about your favorite characters. That would be awesome. Yes, because you know what that gives me? I think I'm, I'm going to check that out, Psych. That's, uh, for some reason, I thought of Ghost. I don't know why. Yeah, like, no, 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 but this is not actually not a supernatural one. But if you were alive yeah. and a fan of the 80s and the 90s, I it am. is filled with references. Okay. Uh, from the beginning to the end, they are just like children of that of our of our era. And okay. so they are always making these little comments and snide innuendos and jokes. And oh, this the show was so much fun. And yeah, you're the audience is aware that they aren't really psychic but nobody on the show knows it really except for a few people. And uh, they're just police investigators. It's a fun, silly show, but I love that they do the little movies every few years because I get to see them again. I wish, I just wish I could do that with everything. Awesome. So I want to play a little, so I want to do a little couple of things that we do here at the official Native King Queen show, if that's okay. All right. Let me see here. So we are going to, so um, a couple of choices. Oh my gosh. Magic phone, company hold. Magic phone and company hold are kind of the same. Um, treat, tricks are for kids. Um, we can do one or more. I think we have time for all of them. Okay, well, you you be the you, you pick first. Go for okay. it. Your choice. Dealer's choice. All right. Okay, okay I got that. Uh, magic phone. 
if I had a Mac, because I wanted, I actually wanted to ask you this. If I had a magic phone and you could dial anyone, who would it be and what would you say? Uh, so it was, was questions, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody living or past and present. Magic phone. Yeah. Magic phone. Magic phone. All right. Um, well, uh, in the world. Right. Um, well, I guess. Well, not in the, the world. Bo I'm the sorry. boring answer would be people from my family, you know, my father, someone like that. Yes, definitely. Um, and of course, there's always that old question, though, when you talk to Jesus. But if, if we're going with like just person anyone. from history, anyone from history. Oh my gosh, there has been some, uh, so many people in this world that I've dreamt of being able to talk to or hang out with. Um, oh my gosh, that is such an op open question. Uh, uh, there's real life, there's, there's an odd answer to one of these, um, and, and it would probably totally unexpected, but he is such a when people talk about a military hero, he was just this amazing guy that I read this story on once and I watched his video talking and I just to shake his hand, uh, there was a man named Roy Benavides. Uh, he was a soldier and uh, Ronald Reagan actually gave him his purple heart. And um, it's about a 25 minute long video, I think on YouTube when he receives uh, his uh, reward and uh, Ronald Reagan prefaces it and talks about what he did. And then he gets up there and he speaks himself. And uh, it's one of those things where when you hear the story of what he went through, I mean, the fact that he literally was holding his own guts into his body while he continued to save people. Um, it's a real life story, real, you know, this true hero. And every time I watch this, I cry. And, and there's something about it, though, where when I talk to my kids at school and we're discussing, you know, what a hero is and what people think of as heroes. And, you know, so many kids talk about um, uh, sports heroes or uh, comic book heroes. And um, this is the, a man that I just think embodies being that word. Like, there's no other word to describe who he is and what he went through. Um, and I encourage anyone who wants to hear a story like this, it is it's well, well worth your time to watch it. Uh, you just look up his name online uh, and yeah, you would find the video. Um, I would like to meet him just because I think he did, his story is so beyond inspiring and moving that if he could do what he did, that I can do anything. Um, so uh, that's an odd answer. I know people no, no, I mean, yeah. are going to say some famous person. And, and there's a lot of famous people out there, you know, over the well, years that I just, pardon? Roy's famous. <laughs> he is, he is. Uh, and I always introduce him to the kids at school. Uh, I try to show them. Um, and, and with theater, we do this whole thing about um, a poetry unit, about delivering something with meaning and, and uh, emotion behind it. And um, I usually work on that right around the time of um, like Memorial Day or um, Veterans Day. And uh, we will watch that video and then talk about like what being a hero means to us. What is the true meaning of being a hero? Um, you know, and how can we be heroes in our own lives? You know, we don't have to be famous to be a hero. Um, and and I, I don't know, I, I just, I find so much from his story and I'd like to have met him. I, he's one of those people that when I get to heaven, I want to shake his hand. I want to meet him. So if you could ask Roy one question or say one thing, what would it be? Just the one thing then. 
I know that when you're in that situation, when you're in the middle of war and, you know, you're literally holding in your own guts to save while you're saving other people, you're not thinking, you're not, you know, so asking someone what was going through your mind. I don't think that's a fair question. Um, My question, I guess, would be just after it was over and you still didn't know if you're going to live or die and you're on this helicopter and you're going back, um, you know, I guess at that point, what was, what was happening, you know, who did you want to talk to? Who did you, who right. did you want to see? What was your final wishes of who did you want to, you know, what meant most to you? What was in your life that was your inspiration that, um, I mean, you always talk about when you think you're going to die, your life flashes before your eyes. You know, what did he see? Um, and part of the story you see is how he grew up and the life that he went through growing up and how hard it was. Um, but I don't know, just when you meet your heroes, I want to know who their heroes are. Like, how did they become who they are? And they don't, when you do something like that too, you don't even realize that you're really being a hero. You don't realize that years from now, people are going to talk about what you're doing. Because that, that's what makes it a hero, heroic moment is that you're doing it because you are a fellow human being is in need. And uh, that's what I think I want to inspire to be like that, to not think first, to not think about what am I getting from this or what are other people going to think about this, but who needs my help? What can I do to help others? It's, you know, <laughs> you, Madam Queen, sound like a hero. You sound like a hero. Um, I, my father was to me, and I look up to that man, and I want to be as much like him as I can. I've never met anyone like my own father. He was uh, a Christian man. I've never heard in my life a raised voice. I've never heard a cuss word. Uh, he would stop on the side of the road to help anybody else who was broken down. I mean, it didn't matter what it was, three o'clock in the morning, he'd take off to go help somebody. And, um, he was just the most amazing. He built our house. He built a car. He could reupholster a couch. He, you know, <laughs> I grew up hunting and fishing and I think I could fish before I could walk. Um, I got to live a life where we went uh, spelunking and, you know, hi- uh, camping and hiking and climbing. And I don't know, it was just a very full life. And when I lost him, um, it was before I was married. It was before I had any children. And so, you know, you lose a lot of those dreams, those things that you think are going to happen one day that you have planned in your life. I could see my father teaching my kids how to fish and how to plant in his garden. And, you know, those things were gone. And we have to learn to adapt. We have to learn that God has other plans that we weren't planning on. You know, just because we thought it would happen doesn't mean it will. And I think that teaches us to uh, persevere in life, to continue to be tenacious. You know, we don't put off our dreams. They just change and we have to change with them. Um, And I don't know, I just, he was the most inspirational person I've ever known in my life. And I really want to spend my life making him proud of me. And uh, so whatever I do, everything that I do, uh, I think about, you know, him watching and him being there and, uh, I don't know. I want to be an example to my own children so that what he taught me, he's essentially teaching my kids through me. Yes, he is. And children who are not even yours and his, it's like an extended family. I'm so glad you are a teacher. Like this is also special and divine. You do have a great and amazing father and he's made an amazing woman, an amazing child turns amazing woman and you're an amazing teacher look at all you have to give and now you're also an author like you said you didn't give up a dream you it transformed you grew with it 
and it's yeah amazing. I knew one day I wanted to write and it took a long time to get there and I just kept putting it off until one day <laughs> I just decided this is gonna happen uh I'm making it no matter what anybody says I'm putting my nose to the grindstone I'd come home from work and I would just go in my room and write you know it didn't matter um in yeah, I hit the lessons he taught me. I do. I teach those to the kids at school. I'm always telling them, well, my daddy said, you know, that. Like, yes. my mama said, uh, but it's always my dad said, my daddy once taught me. And I, you know, I tell his bad dad jokes, the ones that we always rolled our eyes to as kids. And now I miss them. And I think that they're funny. And I tell the same jokes to my kids who roll their eyes and think that they're corny. Right. Uh, but yeah, um, we are only an extension of those that, you know, what we've been taught and we have choices. We can take the bad things from our lives and we can let those control us and we can hate the world and we can blame the world or we can rise above it and we can choose to take the good lessons in life. Or if we learn what not to do, well, then we learn what we should do from that. Um, you know, we've got, you've got two choices in life and we make a decision every day as to what choices we're gonna make. Do we learn from our past? Do we learn from our, you know, if you have a great parent that taught you amazing lessons, that's wonderful. But if you have a bad home life that was showed you what you didn't want out of life, well, then you can turn your life around and know that, hey, when I grow up and I become a parent, I will want to do what they did. Right. I won't act the way they did. You know, right. I will give attention to my kids. And so That's we right. can decide what lessons we learn and what lessons we want to pass down to others and what they see in our own actions. Uh, but we have to decide that whether we're going to play the blame game and go through life feeling like a victim or whether we arise above it and teach others that they can do the exact same thing. And again, I'm very, very grateful that you are in the position that you are in to touch so many lives of the youth. They're developing who they are. And it sounds like you're the perfect person because I feel like uh, you're a nurturer. And not only that, you get that all people, no matter what age, need to be respected. You respect that. Yes. And that's one thing that I get. And I think why I'm like, I'm a hit with children. My children, um, you know, it's because I always saw, well, I know that they're just little people. I automatically know that they're, you, you know what I'm saying? Like they're going to be big one day. So we, yep. have to, we have to give them respect in order for them to understand what it looks like. And so I am so, I'm so grateful. I had that exact same conversation literally, I think Thursday at school. Um, some of the kids, you know, they'll come into my room and I know there's other teachers that just get really fed up with certain things. And they're like, no, you're not going to the restroom. No, I don't care what happened. Just sit down. And I, that always bothers me because everyone decide, has the right to be heard. Everyone needs to be listened to. You may be a kid that has to go to the restroom every day, but you're a human being who has to go to the restroom every day. You know, and um, I know that there are kids who try to get away with everything by lying and not really needing to go. They just want out of the room. But there's always that kid who doesn't lie, who really has a schedule and needs to go every day at the same time. And, you know, they can't help that. So yeah. when we stop treating them like human beings and we start acting like, you know, they're, well, that's just a little kid and they don't matter and they could just sit down and wait till the bell rings. Well, that's not fair. Yeah, that's and yeah, you're going to have kids that lie to you and they want to get out of class, but I'm okay with that. If I listened to the kid that was telling me the truth and I respected them enough to make them feel like they mattered and I didn't just blow them off and make them go sit down and shut up. Awesome. So. Well, um, I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna uh, wrap it up here because it's it's gone really great so far, and um, I can. Yeah, we got off track a little, didn't we? Though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so. Well, not really, because all of this matters. This is what the show is about. It's about uh, reaching many different people, 
um, through the through like my lens. So they're gonna I'm having this interview, sharing it with YouTube, and now they're gonna begin this information. Like they're meeting you through the official Navy King and Queen show, and you are an extremely inspirational woman. Thank you very much. That means a lot to me. Yes, ma'am. And I'm very grateful for your existence. I'm very grateful for your father. Yes, very much. I cannot wait to read this book. Well, my little, well, actually, I'm still going to, I'm going to get the book and I'm going to read it. And you just send me, you know, whatever I can read to consume on Consumer Life. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Yes. Let me, uh, give me a day or two to get that done. And I will uh, send that email okay. to you. Absolutely. And I'm going to have the, um, your website just one more time, just for them again. And then I'll have it shown like that. All right, Brandy Alexander Books at yahoo.com is my email, and brandyalexanderbooks.com is my email, my uh, web address where you can find my website and all my information. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much, Miss Alexander. You take Thank care. Thank you so much for having me on. This was just absolutely fabulous. Absolutely. I can't wait to see you soon. Sounds great. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. She's awesome.